Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Our website is filled with more encouraging interviews, all accessible at MyFaithRadio.com. Do we live together? Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I'm here every weekend. And we're here together with my husband, Yay. the other Dr. Mintel. That's me. Right? We both have the same last name. <laughs> Amazingly. How'd that happen? I know. I married into it, right? <laughs> you know how hard it's been to be in the field I'm in and oh, be called Dr. Mintel? Kids, kids tease me, and I go, "That's nothing." My wife's the shrink. You should try, try, try it on her. They always say, "Doctor Mental," of course. Mental. That all the teenagers like to say mental. that to me. Yeah, it's kind of fun, though. Yeah, I got it. Well, I have a question for you, Doctor oh, okay. Mental. Okay. <laughs> have you ever walked away from a conversation with someone and you think, "Wow, that person didn't read the room." Yeah, we say read the room all the time, but I guess we mean pick up cues and figure out what's mm-hmm. going on. What? Many times, Norm. <laughs> that, that, is, that is because this we're, what we're going to talk about here is emotional intelligence. So a lot of times people can have other types of intelligence, like right aptitude, IQ type, IQ yeah, type yeah. of intelligence. But what we're talking about is when you can read the room, when you can pick up the cues, when you're in a relationship and you're tuned in to what's going on, feeling wise and connecting with other people. It's a whole nother ball game, and mm-hmm. that's emotional intelligence. And that really involves the ability to really understand yourself and then understand the perspective of other people. And then because of that, you kind of pick up the idea of responding to your own needs, but then also understanding how you're going to respond to other people. That kind of intelligence really leads to trust. It leads to connection with other people. It's a great skill to have in life. It's a great skill for people in one-on-one situations, and I teach it in leadership, that leaders really need to be tuned into these kinds of concerns. Well, one of the reasons you and I are talking about this is we've both been certified by a group called Six Seconds. It's a group that certifies EQ practitioners. So we were trained to be more emotionally intelligent. You clearly passed better than I did. <laughs> I love that. I love that training that we went through. Now I had a better experience because I went to a different group than you did. You did, but it was so eye-opening the way that they were teaching us to be tuned into ourselves and then to other people. And when, so this is a skill you can learn and get better at. That's true. And that's still my lifelong hope because when I got there, I I think I scored like at the bottom of the whole. Did you scale. really? <laughs> Yeah, you got better, though, as the, I, as the training went on, right? And, and it was kind of like, do you want to get better? I go, man, that's for sure. I'm here, right? You went through the training. So here's some of the things that you, you think about when you're thinking about your emotional intelligence. It really boils down to three basic skills. Okay. So the first one is that emotional awareness. So can I identify my own emotions and the emotions of other people? Just be aware of that. Yeah, them. so as we're talking, can I tell right now if you're happy or you're joyful? What am I feeling inside? That awareness is really important. Okay. And then the second one is the ability then to take those emotions and then apply them to tasks like 
thinking and problem solving and being able to use our emotions in a really good way. Hmm. Okay. And then third, which relates to what, we, what I just said, is managing those emotions. So being able to regulate your emotional state. And, you know, we see a lot of problems with this in our culture where people are just not regulated. They're out of control with their emotions or they're really keeping their emotions deep inside and not talking about how they feel. Hmm. When it comes to our relationships, having good EQ or EI is another way to say emotional intelligence. It's just super important in every aspect. You know, I think it's if you're going to form really good interpersonal relationships and you're going to be a good what we call fit. And that's in your area of leadership, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. For any kind of group situation, people with higher emotional intelligence are going to be much better in stress and dealing with people. And, you know, they're going to be less likely to suffer from things like depression and anxiety. So one of the things in training doctors is I want them to have good emotional intelligence, right? Be able to read their patient, be able to understand what they're feeling, empathize with their feelings, and then help, you know, manage your own feeling, but then help your patients manage those feelings as well. It's not unlike a public speaker who needs to read the room. Yeah. And see if people are paying attention yeah. or laughing or crying. Or a comic. Or, or a comic. Com- right. They might, right. I bet they're really high. It would be really interesting to read up on that, but I, I bet comedians are really high in that because they're so tuned in to what's going on in the room when they're talking. Everything about them and their presentation yeah. is emotional, right? Yeah, that would be a good study. Okay, let's at. talk about some of the effects that <laughs> building this type of intelligence can bring. So if you're emotionally intelligent, you're going to do way better at work or school. Um, because you're going to be able to figure out all the complexities of an organization and be able to lead and motivate others. In fact, um, when it comes to sort of trying to assess job candidates, many companies now view this skill, having a good EQ or emotional mm-hmm, intelligence. Mm-hmm. So when you say EQ, it's like IQ, right. but it's just the emotional part of that. Right. A lot of companies are looking for people that not only have technical abilities, but have this skill as well. Well, it's one of those soft skills that they say. Yeah. And they want to know how you're dealing with it. What about in physical health areas? Well, we all we know that your emotions are tied to your health. We've done so many shows where we talk about the effects of stress, the effects of, you know, being worried all the time. And so uncontrolled stress can raise blood pressure. It can suppress the immune system. It can increase your risk of heart attack and stroke. It can contribute to infertility, speed up the aging process. I mean, the whole issue here is learning how to manage your stress and have things regulated in your life. What about your mental health? That was physical. What about mental health? Yeah, well, without good emotional intelligence, you're going to have some anxiety, maybe some depression. If you're unable to understand or be comfortable and manage your emotions, you're going to be at risk for relationship issues, problems, and you can end up feeling very lonely and very isolated. That makes sense. And how does EQ affect your relationships with other people? No, just ask somebody in a marriage. (laughs) Does my my spouse have good emotional intelligence? Because that's a lot of what I hear when I'm doing couples work is that they're not tuned into me. They don't seem to have empathy. They're not really communicating effectively. So again, if you both work at this, it can really make a difference in your relationships. So are EQ and IQ somehow related? You know, I think that was one of the things that they talked about in our training, actually. 
Um, academic aptitude, which is IQ, actually has no connection with how people understand and deal with their emotions. So you can be very high in your EQ and not have... And not real smart? Well, and not have the highest. <laughs> I'm saying it does, it's one or the other. So it makes perfect sense because we're all, we've all met very clever people who had no idea of what was happening in relationships, right? Right. And some people have really high IQs then and low emotional intelligence and vice versa. So, yeah, they're not exactly related. If you have both, it's great. Okay. But when we trained in EQ, we learned what kinds of things make someone emotionally intelligent. Let's talk about that. Okay. So one of the things that we learned was that people with high EQ master their emotions because they understand them. Mm-hmm. And they use an extensive vocabulary feelings, such as things like, I, you know, not just saying I feel bad, I feel good, but really a little bit more nuanced. Like I'm annoyed, I'm frustrated, I feel irritable right now, I'm kind of anxious. So the more specific your word choice, the better insight you have into exactly how you feel and maybe what caused it and what you should do about it. Wow. Okay, so here's some good news. EI can be taught, right. and by taught, it can also be learned. Right. <laughs> According to Inc.com, there are multiple signs of EQ, emotional intelligence. So let's go over some of those so we can recognize the end goal and then check ourselves and see if I've improved any since the tests. So one of the big ones is, are you curious about people you don't know? I mean, when you go up to people, do you ask them questions? Do you get to know them? Do you show some empathy for them? Um, And you're interested in learning about people. You know, that's so important, especially in new situations. It really is. If you're not curious, that means you don't really care in my mind. Well, you could attribute that motive to it. Some people may be very shy and introverted and not want to ask, but it is good to go up and ask people questions. What about knowing your own strengths and weaknesses? You know, an emotionally intelligent person learns to identify both of those Hmm. and then try to figure out how to work on and use those strengths. I like that. I think if you have high EQ you know how to pay attention in, in different situations. Yeah, you have to be able to be there present with somebody. We all don't like it when we're sitting talking to somebody and they're on their phone or they look distracted. They're not looking at you. I had somebody tell me the other day that she was having a conversation with another physician and he was looking over her shoulder the whole time like he was watching what was going on around her. Hmm. She said, I felt completely disrespected. That's bad EQ. When people do that to me or they get on their phone or something, I just stop and get quiet. I know. I've given that example to our students. I, I said, really do. He just waits for them. You know? High, you know what? Here's another one. High EQ people, when they're upset themselves, they know why. Yeah, they do. And part of the important the importance of that is understanding what is triggering you and where that's coming from. And then, you know, there's another part of this norm where you are somewhat motivated to learn more about these things, to regulate your emotions better. And you understand, which is so important in our culture today, that feelings should not take the lead. Hmm. We do not reason by our feelings, but we live in a culture now where feelings dictate everything. Oh my gosh, everything. I I I have students all the time say, well, I feel like, I'm going, "Mm, I'm not sure I care how you feel on that topic. I want to know if you know the answer. Right. But but think about it again. It's like facts are gone and truth, which we know to be part of uh, our, our worldview, is not that important. It's always about how you feel. And that is not good emotional intelligence because feelings can't be trusted and they don't always reflect reality. And they change. And they change and from they change. day to day. What about impulsivity? 
Boy, that is a real good mature sign of emotional intelligence because if you're just reacting to things, you're not thinking, you're just flying off the handle, you're getting defensive, all of that is really negative. So you want to be able to listen, to hear what people have to say, to use feedback in a very constructive way, and then learn from it and try to become a better person. That was a whole boatload of really good stuff. We're going to be back with more signs, but we've got to take a quick break. I'm sorry. I'm feeling emotional about this. Oh, (laughs) more on checking your emotional intelligence when we get back. And this is Dr. James Cribbs, pain physician and co-author of Living Beyond Pain. Psalm 13, 1 and 2 is often the cry of the person in pain. How long, Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? The psalmist concludes that he is not forgotten and that his suffering matters to God. God will sustain him and God will sustain you. Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World. Available on Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. And available online where books are sold. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Our topic today is one that applies to all of us. Checking our EQ, our emotional intelligence. But before we get back to the conversation, let me remind you, you can check out Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com, where you'll find her blogs, her books, her social media accounts. You can find out what she's thinking about and writing about every single day. That's right. And I love it when people come on and write comments and like like things and it's it's always fun to interact with everybody well before the break we were talking about the impact of emotional intelligence and i think we have about three more to go over yeah one of them norm is that people with emotional intelligence realize when they've done something maybe wrong or insensitive and they apologize Hmm. and then the other side of that is when that's happened to them they're easily they're easy or ready let's just say they're ready to forgive that sounds awfully much like a Christian principle. It does. Um, and it, this, a lot of this emotional intelligence is really ba- backed up by the Bible in terms of the character that we're supposed to develop. Because we, we can think of a lot of scriptures that say, be slow to anger. And we, that has to do with regulating your emotions. So mm-hmm. if we just look at the things that are said in terms of how a Christian should live their life, a lot of those things would line up with these character traits. Mm -hmm. At the beginning of the program, I asked you if you'd ever talked to somebody or ever thought about somebody not reading the room. What does that mean in terms of EQ? You know, it's really recognizing when you're in a group of people, like, is someone being authentic? Is someone being manipulative? Is there someone who's trying to control? Um, Am I being played by this? Is this, are these people I can trust? And I can go into a room and I can kind of get an idea of, Something feels off here or something mm-hmm. feels good here, or I, I really think that this is a safe place to be. It's actually just reading that emotional sort of content of the room, of what's being, going on. And being accurate about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it, sometimes we can misread. Well, yeah, especially if we've been wounded by things in the past, we might project onto things that that person's you know going to do something to me or it's not safe. So again, it's really having a good sense of who you are and then being able to have your own awareness, but then take that awareness that you have and then make sure that you're also paying attention to what's going on in the other person. So this last one we want to look at sounds way, way, way biblical. 
mm-hmm. uh, you're interested in the needs of others and you're willing to serve. Yeah, it's, it's not being self-absorbed. And again, we live in a culture where it's all, you could spend your entire day and night just doing things for yourself, right? You could get self-absorbed right, in Netflix right. and the food that you want and time carved out for yourself and doing everything. But emotionally intelligent people really look around and they see the needs of other people and they want to serve other people because it's a part of understanding what I need and then you're very similar to me because we're all mm-hmm. we all have basic humanity and we need the same types of things. So because all of this sounds so Christianly and biblical, can you be a non-Christian and have high EQ? I think so. I mean, I really think that there are people who do not proclaim any type of faith, but they're very good at reading people. They may have grown up in families where emotions were talked about, they were modeled well, they were able to regulate, they didn't have a lot of overwhelming stress. You know, we, we I think we did a show once on adverse childhood experiences, mm-hmm. and this is what puts kids at risk. You know, they re- really never tune into what they need because it isn't a safe environment or they're dealing with loss or trauma or bad experiences. So if you don't have all that, you have really good models and parents, you can learn how to be emotionally intelligent. Well, let's talk how you do that then. Okay. Let's give some real specifics. I like to get real practical on this show. So one is, don't interrupt or change the subject. What? Yeah. (laughs) Or moving on. Um, Yeah. So sometimes feelings are very uncomfortable. People want to avoid them. They don't really want to ask you how you're feeling. It's funny because I mentioned this the other day in class. I said something about, you know how you you walk in and you say, well, how you, you walk by somebody at church and you go, oh, how you doing? And they go, blessed or I'm okay. And then you find out they're crying in the bathroom. Right. So a lot of it is, you know, being tuned in Mm -hmm. to the people. And when they are talking to you, really listening and not interrupting the conversation. Mm What about judging feelings too quickly? That's probably something we should learn from, right? Yeah, I mean, not just missing your feelings before you've really had a chance to think it through. So don't say, oh, I'm not angry. Wait a minute. If I think about it, maybe I am angry. Hmm. Maybe that did really bother me more than I think. And then the same for other people. You shouldn't try to cut off their feelings because they're uncomfortable. So it's like not editing too soon. Got it. Letting okay. letting it kind of play out and then seeing the whole movie rather than the edits. What about this one? Can we practice finding a connection between how we're feeling now and other times in the past where we've had those same feelings? Yeah, so I, I encourage in a type of therapy that I do, that's, that's a, a well-known therapy where you're connecting your feelings to things that happen. So... You can, you can think, every time I see that person, I seem to get upset. Or every time um, my husband comments on the way I look, I feel this. Mm. So it's, it's being aware of there are certain triggers, there are certain cues, certain emotions that you need to tune into. And you kind of say, where, did, where have I had this feeling before? What is this triggering in me? And doing that can help you realize what your emotional state may be, and is it tied to something in the past? And you learn from that. Yes. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Listening to your body, you get a knot in the pit of your stomach? Yeah, so what's that about? Don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. I mean, you know, you might have, let's say you're going out on a first date, you might have anxiety a little bit there. You should pay attention to that. That's okay. Just, you have to, the message you have to get, and this is another sign of emotional intelligence, is connecting your thoughts to your feeling. Because a lot of times your thoughts will prompt 
a certain type of feeling. So if you're having very negative thoughts, you're going to have maybe negative feelings or you know worry or anxiety or depression or something. So you have to look at your thoughts. You also have to pay attention to your body and what is your body telling you? There's a, there's a very well-known book in, in the trauma work called The Body Keeps Score, hmm. which the, I love that title because mm-hmm. it's saying the body is paying attention. So you need to pay attention to your body. What is it saying to you? That's a good one. I like this one for people who are almost completely emotionally unaware. If you don't know how you're feeling, ask somebody how you're feeling. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It really is kind of, it is sometimes work for people to do that because they're like, I don't know. I just feel, I just feel blah. Or I just feel, I don't really know what I feel. A lot of times I'll hear people say, I feel bored. I'm thinking, is that a really a feeling or is that just a state of mind? So if you if you talk about your feelings once in a while with somebody you trust, you're going to get more tuned in to what those actual feelings are. What about starting or ending your day with uh, a self quiz of like, well, how am I feeling today? Yeah, you could do that. You could do like a scale of one to 10. How am I, am I feeling this? Am I better today? Am I more upset than I was yesterday? Or am I calming down? So I think that's a good thing as is for some people writing it down, writing down their Mm -hmm. thoughts and feelings. That journaling idea. Yeah, for some people that works really, really well. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we don't know when enough is enough, right? Yeah, and that's one of the real, I think, keys of emotional intelligence is that you have to learn to know when to say, okay, I've spent enough time on this emotion. I need to move on. I need to regulate it and move on. Mm -hmm. That's an Mm -hmm. important skill. Mm -hmm. You know, it seems to me like if we want to live godly lives, Christ-like lives, we need to pay attention to God's perspective on emotions. He invented them after all, right? (laughs) You know what? He is... Uh, three in one. He's an emotional be- being. I heard somebody once say that God the Father got angry in the Old Testament. Yeah. You know, God the Son weeps, so Jesus was weeping, and God the Holy Spirit grieves. Wow. So the Trinity emotes is what the person was saying. Isn't that interesting? I never Way thought of it like it? that. I know no. that's really good. I thought. And you know, I bet we could go back and think about other things because we know that at times they're joyful and they sing over us. Yeah. The Bible even talks about delight. Jesus dancing, delighting in us. Mm-hmm. Wow! So when ahead. we look at when we look at things like being self-aware, I think I think the good news here is that the Bible really backs up these ideas. So. When we're aware of ourselves, you know, the, the, the psalmist said, examine your heart, mm-hmm. think about it, but mm-hmm. then also be aware of God and His presence and the reverence that we need to have for God. So that awareness of the presence of God is a biblical idea. I like that. Then there's the great EQ trait of self-regulation, and the Bible talks a lot about the wise person is self-controlled. Yeah. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. He doesn't give vent to his anger, the Christian who's in self-control, or act emotionally out of control. It's very biblical. And then when we look at empathy, which is really one of the key features of emotional intelligence, we can see over and over in the Bible where we are, we are encouraged to look at the needs of the poor, look at people who are struggling, help the brokenhearted, be there for other people, and use your abilities to be able to help people and, you know, learn how to trust the right people and get people motivated and get those social skills going where you can actually do things together and make a difference in people's lives. Mm -hmm. And I love, too, that the Bible's full of good thoughts about being motivated. 
that there's so many promises of God that we can believe in and trust. So if we just take a little bit of time in our day, and you and I do it in the morning with a devotional. We're reading um, from Oswald Chambers right now, uh, My Utmost for His Highest. And it's just a small reading, and then we sit down and we talk about that. We Mm -hmm. say, what does that mean, and what is God trying to say to us? And then what I like about it, it's a little like, it's not, I don't know if you call it a study Bible, but it's a study devotional. But it says, what is the biblical truth, and then how do I apply that truth to me? And I really think that that process is part of that emotional intelligence building, because we're thinking about... What is Scripture saying to me, and how is that informing my life, and what is it that God is trying to do, the good work that God is trying to do in me? So just take a few moments and think about where you are on that emotional intelligence, knowing that you can build it and you can grow in the Lord and with your relationships with other people. All right. Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer and my co-host, Norm Mintel, who makes this show a conversation, and our technical producer, Katie Sims. From all of us here at Faith Radio, hey, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Doing life together. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at myfaithradio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.